Hi, I'm Mark Tolman with KASB, and I'm here with Ted Carter, uh, our uh, chief data chief data officer. We got the right title. That's fantastic. Uh, I will. He'll always be research director to me, I guess. But. Over the last couple of weeks, Ted has been coming to be talking about all the questions he's been getting about salary data. Right. And then he said, you know, I've just put together a little something to help people understand that. So we want to take just a few minutes to talk a little bit about a new kind of service that we've put together to help people understand um, what ways you can get information about uh, staff salaries. And then I'm going to talk just a few minutes about some information, a new report that I wrote a blog on recently. But Ted, why don't you just kind of start about where does the data come from, what kind of questions you were getting, and then kind of show us what you've done with okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The uh, uh, we put out a blog post on the research blog recently talking about this called salaries according to KS, uh, KSDE. So uh, every year KSDE does a report on uh, superintendent, principal, and teacher salaries, uh, and they've been doing this for years. And we've had versions of the new tool out there mm-hmm. for for quite a while, but we just did a, a new one uh, here. And so this is something that they get they do every year. This is the time of year when we get a lot of questions from districts about um, how much you know superintendents, principals, and teachers are getting paid in similar districts to theirs. You know, this is negotiation, sure. prime time for negotiations and that kind of thing. So we do get quite a, quite a bit of uh, calls and emails about that. Uh, now, uh, KSB does our own data collection on mm-hmm. a lot of these. Right, and that's uh, a good thing to, to point out. Right, so our, our members uh, report to us every year, uh, not just superintendent, principals, and teachers, but we also do central office staff. Uh, we do other classified staff, and so we collect actually quite a bit more uh, salary data than KSDE does, but sometimes go to the, the KSDE data because it is the state right. agency. Right, and, and I think that's the point, is that in many ways we have more data, but we have, frankly, less ability to, to force you to give it to us. Right, yeah. Uh, we have no sticks or carrots. That's so, right. So, yeah, it's, it's harder. So, we don't so always get KSD's every... So data is probably more limited, but it's also more comprehensive in the three categories they collect. Right. Okay. Right. That is correct, yeah, because we uh, we don't get every district responding to us every year. Uh, and, of course, just the very nature of the, the data collections, it's nice to go to a state agency because you know that that's, sure. you know... Sure, and that's certainly safe. what legislators and other policymakers exactly, go to for. Exactly. So uh, what KSDE uh, collects, they collect two different kinds of salary data. They collect contracted amounts, which they collect at the beginning of the school year, and it explains how much the, the contracts are for uh, for these folks, for these educators. And then they also collect the actual, the actual salaries, which right. is collected for the previous school year, talking about how much they actually got paid. Now, the reason that those two could be different could include... Uh, um, you could have staff changes in the middle of the year mm-hmm. that could have an impact. Uh, this data also includes uh, benefits, board-paid fringe benefits, and so insurance premiums could be different than expected. So there are various things that would make those actual amounts come out differently than the uh, than the contracted amounts that are reported at the beginning and, of the and year. And I assume that's particularly true, for example, with superintendents, where there is a much smaller number. Right, because there's only yeah, you're only yeah. looking at less than 300 of them. So so if there's uh, a change there, it is more likely to make the overall average right. look different. Right. Right. So those are those are two different, you know, the average, the uh, contracted versus the actual, uh, and then something else that that causes can cause a wrinkle when you look at the data, is how uh, how it's averaged. So because we deal a lot with individual districts who want to know the average amount districts pay, 
uh, we frequently will provide a district at the or, uh, an average at the district level. So averaging uh, the average district pays a teacher X amount, as opposed to uh, averaging across the FTEs for the whole state, which would give you something uh, explaining what the average teacher actually makes. And so, that's something that can be a little confusing right. to, to so differentiate. Let, let me make sure I understand. Hopefully, uh, our listeners and viewers can too. And the average teacher salary uh, could mean, and maybe the most normal term is, what's the average of all 30,000 teacher, right. teachers across the state? Right. The other way of looking at it, what is the average of the average salaries of 286 districts? Is what, that, yeah, is so that, almost what does the average district pay? What is the average, right, yeah. what is the average yeah. district oh, pay? What is the average district on average pay? Right. I guess, I yeah. say that. But, but you always tell me not to average averages. So right. the, the, the issue that and, and, and where that might be different, I'm, I'm going to speculate here, is because larger districts probably tend to pay more. Right. And have right. more teachers, right. the average individual teacher salary is probably going to be a little bit higher than the average salary paid by by districts. Exactly. So exactly, okay. yeah, that's true. So that the uh, district average, you look at that so that a very small district with ten teachers counts the same in the average as the district with a thousand teachers, right. for example. Okay. Um, so key thing is, if people are asking for information, they have to know what they're asking for. Or when they get the answer, be careful they know what what, what they, it really means. What, what it really means. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So uh, so those are kind of the, the caveats. So for just for this KSDE data, we had basically four different kinds of averages we could look at uh, for every group except for the superintendents because, of course, the uh, average by district and average by FTE is usually almost the same, right. and it happens to be that this year it was exactly the same. Um, because obviously you're, you're still only dealing with about 286 when you're looking at the FTEs versus, uh, versus the district averages. Uh, but for superintendents, what we found, uh, the contracted amounts, which uh, I'll probably just focus on talking about the contracted amounts sure. because that deals with the 1819. We don't have actual amounts for 1819 yet. We won't get those until next year because there's a, a year delay on those. Uh, but for superintendents, the average contracted amount for 1819 was about 120,000, which is about a 4.4% increase from last year. Uh, that compares to when you look at principals, uh, contracted amount by district was about uh, 89,000. Uh, by FTE, it was closer to 96,000. And again, that's because the you know larger districts mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tend to pay more. Uh, so you're looking at somewhere between a 2.8 and a 4.8 percent increase for principals. Uh, compared to that 4.4 for superintendents. And then for teachers, we found the uh, average contracted amount by district was about 54, 55,000. Uh, by teacher, it was closer to 59, 60,000. Just as we speculated. Right, right, just as speculated. And so that represents somewhere between a 3.5 and a 4.4% increase. Uh, that's just the KSDE data, um, and as we mentioned, that includes both salary and benefits, not just salary. Right. So that includes uh, usually board-paid fringe benefits is mainly insurance, but also for principals and superintendents, there can be some other kinds of benefits thrown in there. Um, and it also, from KSDE at least, includes supplemental contract pay. Supplemental pay, And that exactly. can also be, be rather significant. And this, again, is critical yeah. because, for example, if you, uh, if you look at 
uh, national data, for example, National Center of Education Statistics compiles things like that, mm -hmm. that data does, at least I'm speculating, does not include these fringe. Because By it definition, always, it does not. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and therefore, it always looks lower. Mm -hmm. So, again, if someone says, well, how much are we spending in Kansas, got to know the source, got to know what's included. Right. And we've had some issues in the past where we've talked about, well, one data source says Kansas pays X and another data source says Missouri pays a lot less or is it more? So you have to make sure you have right. the same source and the same definition. Right. Yeah. And we uh, that, that is always an important thing to make sure you're comparing the same data, uh, which is sometimes a challenge for us because the data that we can use to compare within the state, within the you know, school districts within Kansas, doesn't have necessarily a national comparison that's right. the same kind of data. Right. So you're, that's, a, that's a really good point. And supplementals is actually another reason why that actual versus contracted can be different. Absolutely. Quite often. Uh, the other thing that's important to think about when you're looking at data like this and looking at increases or decreases is it's not a, all about raises. Okay. Uh, oftentimes these are largely impacted by staff change, you know, uh, when you have turnover. Uh, sometimes, depending on the position and depending on the negotiation process, when you have a teacher or a principal or a superintendent leave and somebody else come along, they might make more than the pre you know, their predecessor based on their experience and education and all of that. They may make less based on how long the predecessor, you know, if they had been in the district for years and years and had really worked their way up the salary schedule, then the new person coming in might be made. So could go either way, but but it's important to remember these are, we're not just talking about raises. We're talking about raises and changes in salary due to staff changes. So another thing I know from looking at this data historically, let's say you have, and again, they'd likely be a fairly small district where a few people could make a big difference. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a veteran teacher retires, is not replaced. That money is then at least in part distributed among everyone else. Right. So they got an 8% increase in pay. How was that, you know, how come, how come they got that? Or, you know, right. or, well, funding right. only went up. That's the point. What you're talking about is, again, the question in that case is looking at, well, what did what was the individual teacher's change in pay, mm -hmm. not what was the change in what the district spent on salaries? Exactly. They might be spending exactly. exactly the same amount on salaries, but it could have that impact. So, again, mm -hmm. that's why these these aren't simple answers or they aren't. Well, they aren't. They aren't. They may not. They may be simple questions. They may not have simple answers. Need to understand all the it, it's easy to get, get confused in the weeds, for sure, okay. with all of this. Um, the... Uh the other thing to think about is we've you know we've been talking about KSD's data, and as we mentioned, you just mentioned NCES. Uh, NCES collects quite a bit of data at the state level about salaries, uh, and then K KSB does a lot of our own data collection. When we right. look at our data uh, for this past for this current school year, uh, we looked at our average was about 121,000 for superintendents, very similar to KSDE's. Uh, we're looking at about a 2.9 percent increase. So, again, small small pool of people, more likely that the, the data is going to look the same. For principals, we saw uh, looked about ninety six, ninety seven thousand for salary, which is about a one point seven percent increase. And then for teachers, we saw about forty four thousand was the average salary, and that represents a five point four percent increase. So across those two different data sources, uh, one of the thing, trends we're seeing is that teachers seem to be seeing seeing the highest increases from last year to this year in terms of percent, somewhere in the three point five to five point four percent range. Uh, superintendents were looking. We're second, looking at about a 2.9 to 4.4% increase, depending on which data source and which average you look at. And then uh, the principals were last when somewhere between a 1.7 to 4.8. 
so, uh, so I think that we probably would consider that good news that most of these increases seem to be going to the teachers. Well, certainly that's what legislators tend to look at. Yes, uh, definitely. At the same time, we know that uh, <laughs> that it also uh, it, it takes competitive and fair salaries to to staff the rest of the district as well. So absolutely. Well, do you want to show us a little bit how people can get this information sure. themselves? Sure. So I think we're going to let you. Uh, I think we're going to go to the big screen, Rob. Is that right? And then uh, uh, Ted is going to show you what you can do yourself to find this information. Then I'm Absolutely. going to wrap up with just a, a few slides of national information and a little bit of Kansas context. So, okay, great. Rob, bring bring us up. And, there we uh, go. Very good. Trade your chairs. Ooh, glad my eyesight's okay here. Uh, the way to find this, and I, I won't go through the step-by-step -step to find this, but the way you can find this tool is in the uh, district-level data page on our member portal. Uh, and if you're not sure how to do to get to that, you can definitely contact us and we'll walk you through. Uh, but this is along with a lot of the survey data and all of that that we uh, so provide on ksp.org. You have to go through the member portal. Correct. And then it's on the research. It's under research. That's it's under uh, member resources. Is right. where you member, re that yep. member resources, thank you. Yep. So what we're looking at here is this is a, a tool called Tableau, which uh, anybody who's dealt with KS uh, KASB's data has probably seen. Uh, you can see up at the top there is a, a link to uh, the original source of this data on mm -hmm. uh, the state's website. Uh, but what you're seeing is uh, both this, the district-level averages we talked about and also that uh, average by FTE. Uh, you've got a whole lot of tools over on the side where you can look at, uh, you can choose to just look at actual or contract, like we talked about. You can uh, just look at one of those three positions instead of all three, if you choose. Uh, you can also narrow down which school years you're looking at. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that just to make this easier to see. And I'm just going to look at the last three years. And you see now my tables have changed a little bit because I'm only looking at those three years there. Uh, once you've done that on this front page here, you can also choose by school district uh, if you just want to look at a certain school district. If you want to look at uh, just within a certain region, these are the KASB regions. Uh, also the class, uh, high school league, KNEA Uniserve. So there's several different ways to say, show me similar districts. And these tend to be the ways that, that districts like to compare among themselves also. Uh, so once you've done that, you can go and look at graphs. And again, on all of these subsequent tabs here, you're going to see the same. Uh, you're going to see it district or uh, by Kansas. So district okay. is that district average. Kansas would be the statewide average by FTE. Uh, and these kind of show you your salaries. Hovering over any of these points is going to tell you what you're looking at. Uh, you can also look at change. Uh, so this is percent change. Uh, and we noticed that uh, principals had a bigger percent change on their uh, district averages. Uh, but as you can see down here, you've got superintendents. Uh, so some of the data you can look at here. This is showing change just across those years, which right. is why it looks a little different than what we had talked about. And then you've also got um, all values. So we focused on the total amount, which is salary and supplementals and board paid fringe. Uh, some of the data is broken out by those different things. So you can look at those here. Uh, and then there's also this in table form. Uh, and then we also look at that as uh, the percent change over time. And then the last two tabs on here, you've just got a full data set, which shows all of those individual data elements. These can be, uh, there's a button there that if you click on it, you can download these 
in uh, the data or in crosstab formula so you can play with it in Excel. Uh, so that's kind of the brief overview. Uh, it's always a good idea just to go in and, and poke around at these to figure out more. So, you, so the key thing, I think, is just we wanted people to understand you're certainly free to keep calling and emailing Ted, uh, and he will help <laughs> you, but if you are a Maybe you're a new board member, maybe you're a new superintendent, you're not really sure the history of what's been happening in your district. Here is an easy way to, to just go back and look at data uh, back a number of years, or just several, however far you want to go back. Right. But it then also would allow you anything you want to do, if you want to pick out other districts to compare yourself to, rather than looking just at the state average, although there's right. an option, right. you have the ability to do that. So uh, again, Absolutely. that's something we've just, knowing that we're getting more and more questions, thought it would be very helpful just to give you a way of saying, just as you say, you can yeah. go in and explore a tremendous amount of information, and just if you haven't done this before, uh, through, through Ted and the research uh, area has many of these. Uh, I, I'm right, for all the, of the surveys that we do. Right. And, the frustration yeah. I have is just I don't think people know what we have, and Tableau is not the easiest thing in the world, but once you use it a few times and, and you get right. used to it, as right. I finally have, there's just a... Tr it, it really, what we've done is taken a lot of information from the State Department or from our own sources or even from national sources, and this Tableau program makes it easier to do comparisons, I find anyway. Right. They're right. already set up a way to do that that goes far beyond what you can do just with kind of the drop-down tabs available for, for KSDE. And that's right. Frequently they provide the data just one year at a time, and yeah. you have to take it out and do a lot of the combining, which we've already done for you with these right. tools. Right. So that's, that's so. the point. So right. that, I, I hope that's helpful, and certainly uh, uh, contact Ted if you have any other questions. Then, Rob, right. if you can bring me up, I just want to talk a few moments about uh, a, a study that was just released this week by something called the Economic Policy Institute. Um, and let me make sure. Oh, I'm sorry. And I have to remember to turn this on. Very good. Uh, the little clicker. Uh, and what it really does is it is a, 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 a national study, but with some state elements that talks about kind of comparing teacher pay, they focus on public school teachers, and similarly educated professionals right. in other areas, basically other jobs that require at least a, a, a bachelor's degree, a four-year college degree. Uh, so here's one of, one of the charts that they had was looking, and, and most of the focus here was on weekly wages. That again is important, what I've learned. <laughs> there's federal data on hourly wages. There's federal data on annual wages. So this is weekly wages, and if you want to read the full report, there's a link in my blog and they explain why, which maybe was mostly the information was easiest to get that way. But this points out if you adjust for inflation, basically the average American classroom teacher salary adjusted for inflation is slightly lower in 2018 than it was in 1996. Wow. So basically no, uh, no same purchasing power as it was. Uh, now, for some uh, Americans, that, that may be good, but if you look at the top line are non-teacher college graduates, uh, the average weekly raise has, has gone up from about $1,400 uh, a week to almost $1,800 a week. So that's the key thing. You, you have to consider if, if there's a, a labor pool, if you're competing with people and you require college degrees, and, and what, what 
other jobs are you competing? That's, uh, I think, a very clear example. This is national. The second thing, this shows it another way because this is really talking about how much less you're making than the comparable, uh, uh, other comparable positions. The middle line here, the block line, is for all teachers, but then they divide it by men and women, and then they compare it to men and women in comparable professions. And what this shows us is that from, I guess this begins in about the early 19, or the late 1970s until about 2000, right around about 1996, 98, women teachers actually made more or about the same as all other women in comparably, with comparable educations. Uh, that then has dipped down to now being about 15% below. Male teachers have always, at least as far back as the data, uh, made less than their counterparts, and that gap is now 31%, almost 32%. And, of course, that becomes an issue to the extent that, that we are looking for more men to be in the teaching profession. Uh, perhaps this is one of the things we really struggle with. But the key thing is we have heard from, from people all over Kansas that right now one of their biggest challenges finding really all staff, but particularly if you have to bring people to your community, if you need to attract new teachers to come in, uh, that it's becoming more and more difficult to do so. And I think this certainly helps explain part of the reason you may not go into teaching because you want to make a lot of money, but the question is how much less are you willing to make <laughs> than all your college classmates who have increasingly been seeing their, their, uh, their pay go up. This report also uh, looks at this state by state. And this is very interesting because uh, while this shows that the national gap, and this shows, and Scott uh, Rothschild pointed this out, well, this shows about a 19% uh, gap. That's in red is the national average. And we said, well, it was over 20%. That's because this is a four-year average to look at individual states. Okay. The blue line, it may be hard to see, about three spots above the national average or worse than the national average in terms of a gap is Kansas. So, you know, we're not at the bottom in wow. this area. But we're, we're in the bottom half, I guess you could put that. And what's significant here is this is not a ranking of teacher salaries. This is a ranking of the difference between the average teacher salary in the state and the average wage of other college, other, prof yeah. other jobs requiring a college degree in the state. And so both of those things are in play. There may be, uh, there may be teacher uh, states where teachers make more than Kansas on average, but there may be a bigger gap if the wages are higher. And the reverse may be true. There may be uh, states that pay less than Kansas. For example, I think if you look, South Dakota actually ranks better than Kansas, even though their average salary, I believe, at least in the past, has been less. So this, this is a, this is a compar comparison within states yeah. of kind of competing jobs. Well, you look at some of the ones that have the biggest gap, and the chances are those are higher, there are higher salary jobs, non-teaching jobs Correct. in those states than some of the ones that have a uh, lower gap. Colorado would be an example. Yeah, Colorado's way out there, Arizona's the, at the top of the Of course, the, the authors also pointed yeah. out that some of the states that had the, the, uh, the biggest sort of teacher protests strikes, walk out, Arizona, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. uh, some of those states are, are at the very bottom uh, of this list. So uh, interesting data, and again, I think it 
it helps explain uh, some of the challenges districts are having in mm -hmm. terms of, of getting teachers. Final thing, uh, to some extent, offsets this a little bit, and I think this is important to understand too because it's something we hear a lot about, and that is the fact that while that that data that we looked at was only looking at wages. So to go back to our earlier discussion, when you said, well, there's salary uh, and there's benefits, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. this, this is an attempt to break out salary only from what they call, uh, well, benefits, which would primarily, well, two big things, health insurance mm -hmm. and pension costs. And so the, the thing that they're noting is, and they acknowledge that while other professionals uh, on average make more than teachers, teachers on average have better benefits, probably largely driven by collective bargaining of insurance and still having state pension systems. But their point is that even though, and this is national, they don't have it by state, that there is a, in this case, they show a benefits advantage of about 8%, a wage penalty or gap of 21%. That means that the, the total compensation gap remains 13%, which has also been growing. There looks like their earliest data, um, teachers lagged about 3% in, in the early 90s. That's now widened to 13%. Right, and these numbers don't reflect actually the quality of the the benefits either. No, it? it's so just, it just the, says that they're right. taking less a smaller percentage of their salary. And and, and Ted, that's yeah. that's critical, and I think it, but it very much confirms what we've talked about. Some of that interactive data that you've made available, uh, we can break down for the state and for every district. Uh, the way I think we report it is the the dollars and the percent spent on. Uh, salaries and on employee benefits. Right, right. And what we saw, I went back and looked over roughly the last 20 years, benefit spending has gone up two or three times faster than salaries, still right. lower, but, right. but frankly, the money that has gone into benefits is, of course, not available for salaries. Mm -hmm. And so right. that, I, I think, is what makes this really clear. And then the other thing that we know, this ties into that discussion of, of CAPERS. Uh, CAPERS is something that you can't spend until you get it, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a payment that has to be made. And because the system had been so underfunded, uh, the legislature has had to really increase fund CAPERS contributions every year to try to get back on target. We are still years away mm -hmm. from being into balance. The point is, if yeah. those dollars that are going into really just making up the shortfall in capers, if those were available for base state aid, or if those were available to directly infuse into salaries, salaries would be considerably higher in Kansas than they are right Absolutely. now. So, Absolutely. So that, I think, we just wanted to share with you both uh, some new information we have uh, as, a, as a member benefit, mm -hmm. uh, as well as uh, just, I blogged on this new study because I thought it was relevant. So as always, uh, we, hope, we hope we're providing your research and informational needs. <laughs> Contact Ted or me if you have any questions. And if there's any, inf any you know, we did this because we were hearing questions. As always, if there are some topics that you're particularly interested in and think a wonderful little video like this would be helpful, right. we will be happy to do it. So let us know. Thanks for viewing, and uh, we appreciate your support.